welcome to the show, and thank you for taking the time to check us out. Uh, I'm really excited about our guest today, Cody Jasper. He is the lead singer of Moon Fever, and they've quickly become one of my favorite bands. Uh, I first found out about them when I had producer Jim Kaufman on, and I was a fan of his work with the Black Moods and Them Evils. Uh, he, and then I saw he produced this band, Moon Fever. And the first song I heard was Cocaine, and I loved it. It's a great song, super catchy and fun. And then I listened to the rest of their catalog. Uh, they've got five or six songs. They're all great. And the latest single is Cheap Thrills. And then they have a new one coming out in April called Payphone that's supposed to be really good. So I'm excited for that. Uh, they've done shows with jo- Joyce Wolf and Buck Cherry. And they have upcoming shows scheduled with Adelita's Way. So I highly recommend listening to their music. And now you can get to know the lead singer, Cody, in this interview. Check it out. Welcome, Cody Jasper, to the Chuck Shoot Podcast. How's it going? It's good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're able to do this. Uh, like we just talked about a little off air, was I found you guys through Jim Kaufman, your producer. And uh, you know now I've learned a lot about you. I didn't know you had a solo career and all that. So you're from Texas originally, though, right? You're from Texas. So explain this to me because... What's that? I said proud Texan. Yeah, what what city was it exactly? Was it? I'm, not, I'm actually from Amarillo. This it's a small town. Well, it's a small city. I'm from Canyon, a small town outside of Amarillo. But I've done some seven years in Austin, like three or four in Dallas. So Austin's also like I call that home as well. So explain this to me because you grew up on music, but it, it sounds like you were into Christian music. But then it was like your mom made you listen to Christian music, and then your dad allowed the cool stuff. Or how did that work? Wow. Yeah, that's exactly how it worked. Okay. My mom was super, uh, super religious. You know, we, we grew up in church and uh, my parents were split. So I'd be with my mom, you know, it, my dad, we would rock Guns N' Roses and Alice in Chains. I mean, me and my dad always joke about man in the box on the way to church. Like one day, <laughs> my dad, we're just laughing because we're like, I can't believe we're listening to man in the box as we go to church. But my, my oldest sister, Tiffany, she gave me my first real CD and it was cake fashion, nut fa- fashion nugget. And I wore that CD out so much that my dad like almost broke it. Okay. So every word to every song on that record, actually. So would yeah. your mom allow that kind of music or she just she eventually did, but okay. she just wanted, you know, she was an overprotective mom who thought that there was bad stuff out there, you know? Sure. No, my parents were this. They wouldn't let see when I was a kid, they just started that uh, parental advisory stickers on the CDs. Yeah. And so my parents were like, anything with the advisory, you can't have it. And so then we just record it onto a blank tape and then write Elton John on it or something. And <laughs> yeah, that was the trick that news I, <laughs> what the newsboys, that was a Christian yeah. band. That <laughs> newsboys and DC talk. So you did kind of listen to some of that stuff though. Just oh, yeah. I was into DC talk newsboys. I was a huge fan of, and then, yeah, as soon as, as I got older and found out the real stuff. Yeah. So, Change. <laughs> right. So that, I thought that was funny. Like your first guitar was like an air guitar. Like you used to practice in the bathroom with an air guitar before yeah. you actually picked up a real guitar. Where is this info? But yeah, I would, I had this stand up mirror in my closet and, uh, I would sit there literally in my, my, I had stepbrothers and, uh, they would always rag on me cause they'd open the door and I'd be listening to, I specifically remember Eve six Radiohead, I was really into. My sisters got me into Radiohead at a young age, which I'm very, I tell them thank you every day when I see them now. Cause I'm like, I remember being like 
a young kid and people are like, you ever heard this record? And I'd be like, I've been listening to that for years. You know, it was a, it was like a stack. I got a, a good step ahead of my peers because of my sisters. So I love them very much for that. But yeah, I used to just sit there and that was my thing. And then I got the real guitar and I kind of knew how to play it <laughs> from there. From, from the, the air guitar. Okay. Much, you know? Like I remember like, you know, you just had, it was kind of like a practice. That's cool. So then, yeah, yeah this is kind of interesting. Uh, you actually, you got into trouble with some drugs and you were on probation and that ended up being a good thing because that helped you get focused on music. So you'd come home and you're in trouble. You're like, well, all I can do is practice music, right? Yeah. I got, uh, I did a lot of time as a juvie, uh, and I went to a, a say it, a substance abuse intervention tracking. That was the name of it, but it was just like a, I was just a doomed kid. I was in a small country town and I, there was nothing to do. So I was super into, Jim Morrison and uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I just oh. I just wanted to try everything. And you know, so were I, you I, selling it though, or how did you get in trouble? Because a lot of kids no, use. I was uh, just doing it, and uh, I got caught. Um, I got in a fight at school, and that's how I got on probation. And then I kept failing uh, the urine test, but mm. I was failing them with like LSD, methamphetamine. And I was 14, you know, and then I, so yeah, the probation officer was like, what the hell? Like, so they would put me away and then it keep happening. And yeah, I got involved with some really, I mean, where I was from, it's a small town and it's like, people think that those towns are safe, but they're actually pretty awful for kids who are very high sprung because they want to go do things and, you know, mm. whatever. and it's, yeah. But anyways, when I, when I got in there, I already knew how to play guitar, but once you got to a certain certain level of be once you behaved and you were in there for a certain amount of time, you got rewarded things. And like a couple hours out of the day, you could choose to do something. And mine was guitar. My counselor would bring me a guitar. And, you know, I started, I remember, I remember learning how him teaching me how to tune one hmm. without the tuner, like the, the harmonic ding ding. Cause you know, I didn't have a tuner, but yeah. So it was like, I would like focus all day on like that two hours I get to play guitar and then I would get there and it was just, you know, but then I got home and I was on house arrest and, and even on house arrest, even when I got off house arrest, I didn't want to do anything else. I'd go home and just play guitar all day. Hmm. And my parents were very supportive because they saw me actually, you know, and I stuck out the sober thing throughout high school. And then I moved to Denver and kind of went back on the, <laughs> on the party band. Okay. Or you, I thought I saw something on Facebook the other day. Like you said, not drinking. Are you still keeping that up though? Or yeah, I'm actually 60 days. I haven't had any alcohol or, uh, anything oh anything yeah. okay well so is that just are you trying to see how long you can go or is this like a lifetime thing yeah it's just we started getting we started touring and you know quarantine happened and it, things got a little carried away because it got a little bored and you know i put away yeah. the hard stuff a long time ago but I, I mean i learned how to drink and properly and not you know go out and do excessive drugs because i'm getting older and i want to stay around you know right but, <laughs> no, well, that's one thing I heard you say. So you're in, you're playing in all these bar bands and you're getting older. And I mean, it was looking like maybe this wasn't going to happen for you, but then you said you started to buckle down and you started to take it seriously. So what did you do differently? Did you practice more or more time on promotion or what did you do differently? I just took it seriously. And I actually was talking to uh, a younger friend of mine who, uh, about this. And it, uh, it was saying, I spent so many, I wasted so many years because I was scared of failure 
So it was kind of like, as long as I don't, if I fail, I know that I, you know, I just kind of, or whatever, or it's hard. You want, it's hard to believe in yourself that much to be like, cause once you start taking that shit seriously, when you start taking yourself seriously and you put your heart and soul into something like you just, it's just, it's real. It's like, uh-uh, I don't, I'm going to fucking bust my ass. And I'm going to put the best lyrics I can on this, or I'm going to fucking sing all day. Like now, you know, I'll be running on a treadmill singing the songs and shit. Cause I just want to be up this top level as I can. Cause this shit is fucking serious. And if I want to do it for the rest of my life, that's what I got to do, you know? And it was just like, once, once that hit, it, it, it just changed the game, you know? And then the, everything else that, that affected it kind of just, subconsciously it was i was like no i don't even have anything to do with it i don't have time for that shit you know this thing i'm trying to be in one of the hardest industries ever and if i don't do this because i haven't done anything else with my life i have nothing to fall back on so i better fucking do it you know <laughs> right so did you have side jobs or i mean you don't have a college I degree did. or anything or uh uh-uh. i did construction thankfully. okay my stepdad taught me a lot of that and uh i would do that but after since I was about 21, I, uh, thank God, Texas, you can literally make good money. And and so I played seven nights a week or sometimes nine times a week. I'd play two, two on Saturday or whatever. And I was making good money doing what I loved. And, and, uh, but it was a, you know, you're playing three hour gigs, covers, there's anything, anywhere you Mm. pay me, I'll be there, you know? So that's what I did for so long. And then, I uh, started getting burnt out and also because I was always in bars and, you know, there's always that, you know, I wasn't taking that, taking it that seriously because I wasn't promoting my own music as much. And I was super busy just doing that. I didn't have time to do anything else. And uh, um, I was pretty getting ready to quit. I had a kid on the way and I was like, I don't see how this is going to last forever. Like, what am I going to do? I started looking into selling roofs, insurance roofs or something. And I sucked at that. And out of the blue, I got a phone call or a Facebook message from uh, Moon Fever and um, before they were Moon Fever. And I was yeah. like, I'll try this one more time. I got, I just like, I just gave it my all and things have been working out well. Yeah. So tell me about that. So this girl, she saw you at the, was it South by Southwest or something and remembered yeah, you? Like 12 years ago. I was like 20 or something. She really? Yeah, what's crazy is because their singer looked like I looked when I was 20. So oh, I see okay. how she thought of me oh. when they needed a new guy. She's like, oh, we'll just replace this guy with the, you know. <laughs> but, That's funny. But uh, um, uh, yeah, she messaged me on Facebook. Hey, is this Cody Jesper that played at Pecan or South Southwest 2012 or something and or something like that? And I was like, yeah, why? And she kind of lied what i don't want to talk and say anything bad but she kind of over exaggerated how well things were going to be (laughs) that that there was a lot of stuff happening that wasn't happening okay it's like yeah i'm in i'm there you know and but it still worked out for the best i met a longtime friend now mitch is, is you know he's like a brother to me and jim is as well and um we all believe that we have a shot and we're all giving it our best shot so Things have been working out well. Yeah. So, I, how is are you guys on a record label or like what? Can, you must have resources because I've seen like your music videos and stuff. I mean, this is taking somebody's paying for all this stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically a business loan, um, and we are. It's basically a record deal, but uh, we're not doing it with a record company. We have 
a really great manager who, uh, but we're just trying to keep things. If we did these with a record company, you know, I don't know how the record labels work, but I always know that most of the time people aren't that happy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, And this thing, it's ours still, you know, and it, hopefully it gets to a point where somebody wants to take over. Cause I mean, but uh, yeah, Mitch and his family have, you know, put in uh, some resources and backed it up and, uh, yeah. And so we're trying to, we're doing a, just a, I think he just got a business loan. And so. Okay. Yeah. So they, they had already recorded some songs. They had a different name. Um, mm-hmm. And then you came in and you, you sang over the tracks that they already had, or you, you obviously uh, have made more songs three, that they had three songs oh, okay. and uh, three like unmixed. And I sang, I came up with lyrics in Austin or they sent me the stuff just to see if I even liked it. And mm-hmm. I actually loved it. And, um, I was kind of really interested in, I was really bored of the guitar too. I wasn't bored. It was just, I'm from Texas and, and, and what I do is the blues thingy that right. every text, you can find it all over the place there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing that special, but I, I just kind of got, I was in nowhere else to go. And, and, uh, and I was also sucked, sucked into the, to the Texas country thing. I was trying to do Texas country because oh. I saw many people making money and having great lives. And that's what they were doing. No matter, and so I was like, whatever, this is what I got to do, you know? Which okay. Is a bad idea. So, do you like yeah. the rock better that you're doing? Because I listen to some yeah. of your solo stuff and it's more country blues, or yeah. do you like that stuff better? No, I'm a rocker through and through. And okay. one of my mentors, his name's JT Holt. He's actually, he's a great producer out of Austin, but he always would tell me, dude, you're a lifer. And what do you mean? He's like, you're a rock and roll dude. Every time I'd send him a demo, he's like, why are you writing this shit, bro? You're a rocker. Like, you do best. He played with me and stuff. Okay. And he'd always be like, dude, your voice is where it's at. You got the rock and roll voice and that's what you should do. And then when I met Moon Fever, it was like, okay, this is it. Everything worked out well. And I got to become or work at something different. It was like a whole new avenue. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't no, I had to do this. And there had to be this guitar solo on a Fender Stratocaster kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you're working with producer Jim Kaufman, which again, we mentioned him and um, he produced this band, the black moods. That's how I, found his work and that's how I found you guys. But I think he's brilliant. I really do. I think he's a really good producer, but you tell me, what does he bring to the table? He brings a lot of things to the table. Um, Now that I'm such a good friend with him, it's hard to describe. So I'm going to try to remember what it was like when I first met him and I work because when we work together now, it's such a friendly vibe, you know? Yeah. It's it's more like cracking jokes on each other. Okay. It's hard to get work done because we have so much fun. Well, yeah, he but, said you guys are, he said, this is his quote. I, I had to write this down. I, I listened to the interview today. Uh, you guys are crazy as fuck and you're out of your minds, but he loves you to death. Yeah. What does he mean by that? How are you guys crazy as fuck? Because of drugs and stuff or what? No, we're just wildlings, you know? We're just, yeah. And we all got drama, you know? So we would, we're a band, you know, we yeah. were like, we were living together and fucking all this bad stuff was happening. We had this manager that totally uh, lied to us and got us to like buy on to the show that never happened. I mean, oh, we were doing every single thing wrong and we kept going. So throughout those times, there was always, you know, t- you know, uh, you know, conflict. Okay. But it'd be like, 
like a brotherly love thing. Yeah. You know, we all fought with each other, you know, verbally. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was telling him, I was like, I think your singing style, it kind of sounds like Ian Asbury of the, of the cult. Like does, I mean, that's does so awesome. Thank yeah. You. It does Jim coach you to sing a certain way or do you consciously try to sing different from moon fever as opposed to your solo stuff? Or do you just sing whatever you feel? I sing whatever I feel, but I just, you know what it calls for, you know, and, and moon fever, those first recordings were like big rock. That's how I heard it. And I wanted to be, I want, I've always wanted to be that guy, to, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I just fucking went for it and it worked. You know, I just, I remember Jim being like, the first time he heard me sing and we met and shit and he was like getting, you know, dialing it in and he's like, just sing like you would, or just sing the song acapella. And I'm fucking scared, but I do it anyways, you know, and I could see Ryan, the engineer, and they're looking at each other. And I'm like, it just gave me a lot of confidence. Okay. And so I became a better singer, right. When Jim, when I knew Jim Kaufman thought I was talented or whatever, it totally like changed the game for me. It was like, okay, I can do this. You know? Yeah, you're fucking amazing. This guy knows what he's talking about. And if he thinks I'm good, then yeah. he must be fucking good. Right. <laughs> so, so then he, I was like taking it serious again. You yeah. know, it was like, okay, I can do this. Blah, blah, blah. But he's a he's a great um when I would write lyrics, like here's for like the for when the question you asked, he would uh make me tell him the lyrics before we would go sing it. So I'd walk in there with my fat thing and have to just say them out loud which is pretty embarrassing like speak them not singing yeah yeah so which makes you really think hard because you're like that sounds horrible and then sometimes they'd be like okay but when you sing it it makes sense but Uh, also it's like "Mm, it really he really tries to bring out i mean what i know in our experience is he just wants the best product he just wants the real thing you know he doesn't want me to do, he'll work my ass off on vocal stuff because he doesn't want anything edited he wants it to sound real so i gotta you know what i mean it's like nope do that again nope do that again do that again he pushes you to be better um he's all about good vibes and ryan his engineer is a freaking monster who works so fast it's a very great atmosphere and uh, he's a good hang that's awesome he's so the song <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. It sounds like a lot of fun though. sounds yeah. like you guys have a good time. So the song, co- what's that? Yeah, we do. You do. Yeah. So the song yeah. cocaine, such a great song. Thank I feel you. like this should be a monster hit, but who came up with the, like a woohoo, the background vocals. Is that something that was already on there? Or is that something Jim added? No, that was actually the bass player, Gabe, uh, Masca at the time. Okay. He- we were doing the song and I mean, if I remember correctly, I think we were, rehe- we were jamming in the rehearsal studio and I think he was like, what if we put like a woo and then it was like, yeah, yeah, and that part is cool. Then yeah. was that a song that was already written before you joined? I was actually thinking about that today. I don't, I do not remember. I think Mitch had like a, a little thing on his laptop of the or something. Okay. Thinking, it's so funny that I was thinking about that today. Cause I was like, when did I come up with those words? Like I was, I was trying to remember when, but me and Mitch, when we, when, when it was like, Jim was like, yeah, y'all have something. We, I moved into his house and I stayed on his apartment and we went every day to the studio in North Hollywood and just try to come up with songs. Okay. And then, then we'd go to Hollywood and try to, you know, meet people, which really we were just parting our ass off and we go back to sleep, wake up, go back to the studio about two o'clock, you know, and hash them out. So 
when we came up with a lot of songs like i think about it i see it on my notes sometimes i'm like man well i forgot about that one why didn't we not record that so yeah didn't you didn't you record like 30 or 40 songs i think we've done 30 okay so i can't believe there's actually i don't know if you saw your youtube or the cocaine but eight people downvoted it like they didn't like that. Are those like eight X like bitter lovers of yours or something? Like who are the people that didn't like that song? I don't know, but if I had to guess, yeah, there's some X bitter lovers. out Okay. There. <laughs> I was like, thinking, I was like, might be, sometimes on Facebook, those people are like, I can't believe you're singing about cocaine. You know, it might be one of those people. You know? Well, so yeah, explain that. Is it, is it a pro cocaine song or is it a bad? Cause at the intro, it says like, I lost my job and my woman because of my addiction to crack cocaine or whatever, whatever the, I, I probably just fucked that up, but it's like almost saying it's bad, but I, I don't know. Is it, it's uh, I don't know. I'm, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't condone cocaine or think it's a good idea for anybody, but, but you it, must have tried it before, I, right? Oh, definitely. have had my fair share of, <laughs> of uh, cocaine. So I don't know. We just felt like, you know, it was a good, I don't know where it came. I think the word cocaine came out of my mouth when we were running the thing. It was like cocaine. Ah, and we were joking and we were like, you know what? Let's actually do it. Why not? Mm. You know, everybody's done cocaine. Like let's write a song about cocaine. It's fun where it was at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so this, I don't know. We just kind of went with it, you know, okay. I started going with the, uh, you know, what would I be doing if I was, if cocaine was still fun and, and manageable and I was like, I'd probably be wearing some rhinestones and, and, and getting a lap dance from a T-Rex. Is yeah, that, that was in the video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What and, about, uh, yeah. Wanted to make a fun rock song and, and cocaine Love it. came off the lips. Well, and, but we do not suggest anyone uh, take dabbles in that. Cause it's a long, dark road. <laughs> I bet. No, I've heard, I've interviewed some musicians and uh, like Craig gas, the comedian. I don't know if you know him. He's like, Oh, cocaine's amazing. But he's like, he can't do it anymore. Cause he had like heart problems. And yeah, there's yeah. like all sorts of bad stories of that. But uh, anyways, cheap thrills. The other song you guys have, I think that's your latest single. So catchy. Why isn't that song more popular though? Is it just cause it's too new or does it need to get on the playlist or whatever? Cause like cocaine, I think is almost like a half a million plays on Spotify and cheap thrills. Is at like 7,000? I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, I think, well, so what happened is we put cheap thrills out and, um, Spotify people, um, said, Hey, we love this song, but cocaine's doing really well. We don't want to take it off our playlist. So yeah, it just didn't get placed, but cocaine still uh. got, Cocaine's still been doing well there. It's so still going, yeah. I guess Spotify loves cocaine. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, the song or the. <laughs> so you said that you weren't really feeling creative during the pandemic, uh, because maybe because you already wrote thirty songs. But you said that you did write a song about the riots and the racism. Is what is that song called? Wow. Did you forget know. about it? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I mean, there's been a bunch, man. Oh, really? Since- yeah, I don't know. Well, and then uh, it might be Little Black Houses. That song may be. That, Ooh, song's pretty that sounds like a cool name. Little, it's pretty political. So you um, haven't recorded those yet, though? Wow, uh, we were, we done Little Black Houses, but we oh. it was on the newest batch. So okay. It's Who knows when it's going to come out? I know we're dropping a new one soon from uh, and with an EP along with like three or four other new songs from the old batch. And then. Yeah, what's the big one? Payphone is that going to be a big hit? Yeah, that's what that's what uh, Jim thinks and our manager thinks, and it's a fun song. It's it's the cool like 
MTV rock. That's what I say. When, when MTV played rock that era, it's like, it reminds me of that, of the kind of nineties or early two thousands. It's got the crunchy guitar. Oh, okay. And that's coming out in April, right? I think I can pre-save it. People can pre-save it on Spotify. Yes. Okay, cool. And then for shows, you so you guys did some shows with Joyous Wolf. I had uh, I had Nick Reese on the show. Are you a fan of Joyous Wolf? I really oh, like man. that band. Big fan of Joyous Wolf, dude. Nick is a great singer, but we didn't do any shows with him. They got it was in December, and you know the COVID thing, so it oh, got no. canceled. Yeah, we've done some, we did some shows with Buck Cherry though in Florida. Yeah, so tell me about that because they've been around a while. I love that. I think they kind of sound like an '80s band, but with like a modern twist. Yeah. Well, they, I, of course, was when Lit Up came out, you know, I was a younger one, but I, I loved that song. Right. And, uh, and uh, I don't know. It was great. It was like, holy crap, we're playing with Buck Cherry. Yes. Yeah, so did your manager set that up? Did they reach out to of you? Or? They did, did. We got, we got oh, on TKO okay. and that was the first thing he gave us was uh, Buck Cherry. And I'll nice. tell you one thing, man, those dudes, that first night, the first song they came out, we were like, oh shit. Like. That's how it's done. Those are some pros. They've been doing it forever. And when they come out on stage, it's like, boom, big rock. It was badass. Stevie D, the lead guitar player, is a monster. Hell of a guy, too. Super nice guy. They're all super nice guys, man. They were super, yeah, just a great experience all around. I hope we get to play with them again. Yeah, I would they, definitely see that. I saw Buck Cherry like once at like a festival or something. And they, yeah. it was a, like you said, they were so good. I was like, I like them, but even live, yeah. it's like times 10. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I did not, I, I did not think that they were going to be that good live. I honestly didn't. And they came out and it was like, full. Okay. We were like, okay, we got, yeah. Yeah. It's good to see, you know, it's been so long since we've seen a live band. And then we're trying to be a rock band and to go see those guys really do it the like real way it was humbling and motivating for sure. for sure and then do you have some shows with adelita's way coming yep. up may 8th or 7th through like may 26th we're going from like nebraska north dakota to all the way to freaking maryland okay and then are you going to add shows because i didn't what's that <laughs> We're playing like every small town. Okay. Are you going to come to Arizona at all or somewhere near Arizona where I could drive to? Cause I would definitely come see that show Not yet that I know of, but hmm. I think it's more as more, more and more that the world that the States are opening back up. The more we'll uh, come out there. We told, we you know our booking agent knows we want to play as much as we can. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, those are the only ones we have now. And we have a festival in Florida on the 10th of April. So, What other bands are you a fan of that are out there now, like newer bands? Is there stuff oh, that you're listening to? A ton of stuff. Where's my phone so I can see? I have been, I kind of suck at listening to music. Late, like I'm one of those people that I can drive on a five-hour drive and not play any music at all or, or what? podcast or anything. I don't know why. You just play in silence? You just drive in silence? Silence, yeah, which is weird and also maybe a good thing because maybe I'm finally okay with being alone in my own thoughts. Which <laughs> yeah, that's I guess that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, let's see. I have Daft Punk, Beatles, Joe Rogan experience. That's my recent plays. Let's see here. So those are no new ones. But I'm trying to think of the new band. Oh, they're not new, but I'm in, I'm in love with this band. Uh, Bikini Kill. Have you heard of Bikini? No, Kill? I've never heard of it's them. It's an all-girl punk rock band from like the 80s. Okay. I'll have and to check that out. Fucking rock, dude. There's huh. a song called Rebel Rebel Girl, and it's like 
It is punk rock. Yeah. The subways I've been listening. I've been listening to that. The subways. Oh, what is that new band? I just found out about. Oh man. They were so good. Oh, I gotta find their name. Have you heard of like some of the bands that like Joyous Wolf we mentioned? And then like, I don't know, I've, I've interviewed of limbo and them evils. I don't know if you're familiar with those oh, guys. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. Those are the homies. They, they also recorded gyms and uh, yeah, Jake, the bass player, I, me and him are like pen pals on Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> I comment like on everything it is. He comments on mine. He's just a funny guy, man. I feel I've only met him once, but like we act like we're best friends. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm always like, yo, that's awesome. Or that's fun. You know, that's nice. So yeah. with your style, like with the clothes and the look, cause that used to be so important in the MTV era. And then I feel like it kind of went out the window with the streaming stuff because nobody saw that. But then now with social media, I feel like it's coming back again. Like you guys definitely have the cool kind of rock star look. Like, uh, I mean, do you think that helps your band or do you think that matters? I don't think it matters that much, but I think it is the way I see it is we're there to put on a show. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not, I used to be worried about me and now I've understand that my job is to fucking do something for the people who pay $10 or whatever to be there. Right. You know, and, and, uh, and it's invigorating to wear crazy shit. And I like it. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's fun, you know, and, and I guess, and it helps, you know, people want to see a rock show, you know, it's like, give them a fucking rock show. Wear that, wear a fucking onesie, dude. Something. Yeah. Make it look cool. And so, on. yeah, put some glitter on, put me in a wuss, like just fucking do it, you know? Yeah. But you, it, 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 I think it helps you sing better. Well, you got the, you got the look too. Like some of those pictures I'm looking at your Instagram. I mean, it they almost look like a modeling pictures. Do you ever do uh, modeling? No, no. Oh, that's crazy. I feel like that's something that could be like a side thing for you or something or acting oh, or something. That'd be great. <laughs> Since you're in LA, are you still, so you're doing the no booze. Are you doing like healthy living? Like, do you, do you uh, work out and everything? And I ran my first race, uh, like two, a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, but I started riding bicycles with my friend, Barry, uh, Barry Christie. He's a good buddy of mine. And, uh, he started taking me on his bike rides and because I was trying to get cardiovascular health so I could sing better and, and stuff. Oh. And, cigarettes. and uh, then I got into that, man, and doing like 50 miles sometimes. I did a huge – in Tucson, Arizona, I did Mount Lemon. Oh, that's uh, a big one, yeah. Yeah, it's like the top three – one of the top three in the nation. And so I got into that, and then uh, I was working out and stuff. But now I'm into running because Barry – I've been traveling a lot, and he's the guy I ride with. And, and you know, you always got to have your stuff on. And just with running, you just put your tennis shoes on and get out the door. And and I started doing – I did 10 miles last time I was in L.A. in one day at one time. And I'm like, what? I used to not be able to run down my block. Like, Well, that's great. Day. Yeah, now I'm just – I try to run – every day but i got really sore after the race i had covid and oh you did yeah and i and then uh i was clear from covid and i uh went to the store to get some running shoes because i was like i've been in bed for like nine days i'm like i gotta get back at it you know so i got the okay to get out so i went to the run into the store in my hometown to get some new running shoes and i hear somebody talking about a race and i'm like hey can i sign up for this race and so I was coughing up. I had so much, but I still did it. I came. In oh, so you, you had like the real symptoms. Did you have loss of a uh, taste and smell and everything? I've had COVID twice. And I didn't know that was that, possible. Me neither. But they'd say in the doctor at the hospital, they had no idea what to tell me. They were like, either you caught another strand or you're a long hauler, which is like, it will just flare up. When oh, it shit. Like, what? Because my, because no one that was with me got it. And, um, wow. Uh, 
I had it, but it, so it wasn't contagious to the people I was with, or they just, I don't know. But um, yeah, I had so it. So it was horrible this time. The so do they time, tell you, would it help to get the vaccine at this point or is it too late? Well, they say that I got the antibodies, but then yeah. that's, but if I had the antibodies, how did I get sick again? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I thought about getting the vaccine, but then I'm also like, well, I mean, I've kicked it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So I saw a picture on your Instagram uh, with where you ran in. How did you meet Jerry Cantrell? Was that just random or did you like? Yes, that was random. I was at Black Rabbit Rose. God bless that place. I wish I had been a while in, in Hollywood. And uh, I was with my sister. And I walked by and he was standing there and I did, I totally flipped out and I think he enjoyed it. Like, I to <laughs> but like, you know, wow. he's and everybody's kind of pretentious there. And I literally like did the double take and I was like, Holy fuck, you're Jerry Cantrell. That is <laughs> you know, awesome. I was like, dude, ah, you know, and, and I think he enjoyed it because you know, I, I, a lot of people out here, it probably doesn't happen that much. You know? No, I feel like people in LA are too cool for that. I'm not, yeah. I mean, I walk right up to the people. Well, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, how do you not ask for pictures? I feel like it's like it's kind of like frowned upon in LA to ask yeah. for pictures and stuff. I'm like, I gotta get a picture. Like this is yeah. this yeah. is a huge famous person. I don't see that a lot in Phoenix. So he was cool and he he was apparently gonna come to my show the next night. I had a show there at Black Rabbit the next day. He didn't come. Oh but, but he still told me he would and we we hung, we talked for a minute. So he was Yeah, that's the pretty only cool. I didn't talk to him anymore is because I left the situation. Okay, he, fair enough. He was like, it down you know like totally wow yeah what about and then you saw jerry or uh not jerry a uh, gary clark too. was that random as well no um from austin man we just before i mean he was he was always pretty big but i mean we just knew each other from austin and he's a super nice guy and he's always supporting austin people so. oh so you actually know him that wasn't just a random running on the street or something. yeah yeah oh. I, mean, I mean i mean i know him like just from being in Austin and, you know, we'd run into each other and he's heard me play and shit, but, um, he got big as soon as I got out there. So I never really got a chance to be like his homie. Oh, uh, okay. But, but he knows of me and, he, and like when I was in Venice, when I took that picture of him, he was just out there hanging out by himself, literally just buying stuff at the bar. And I'm like, what's huh. up? And he remembered me and he's like, how are you doing? He actually listened to some of my demos and we were, oh, we had that's a good cool. time. Had a good time. He's uh, his guitar player, Eric Zapata. He was a he was a like a mentor to me as well, or just a good friend. You yeah. know, he uh, I bought some gear from him. Austin people are like they. There's this thing where you get like these awesome vintage guitars that would cost a ton of money to collectors, but there's like this secret scene in Austin where like the rock or the people who play them, you sell them to each other for an oh. affordable price. Like I got like, I got a guitar from Eric Zapata for twenty five hundred. That's like. I would have never been able to to get, and he and it took like I paid him off in like six months. You know what I mean? It was like five hundred here, but I got to play it. You know what I'm oh, saying? That's he, cool. Like, like crazy fuzz pedals. You know, he'd be like, "Yeah, man." You know, Austin Vintage Guitars. He worked up there, and it was cool. They were just great people, and they just supported everybody. You know, it was cool. I got I got some awesome gear because of you know the uh, loan finance. Program. Okay. So do you go back and forth between Texas and LA? Cause you're, you're just visiting LA right now, right? Yeah. Visiting. Um, but I mean, me and Mitch lived out here and as soon as the pandemic happened, I was like, I'm going to go back to my hometown. Cause I don't know if the world's ending or not. And there's land and guns out there. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, but, and then, uh, he just came with me after a while. He came to visit. He's like, screw huh. it. LA. His lease was up in LA and he didn't want to pay a bunch of money to live somewhere. He couldn't do anything. 
Yeah, a lot of people yeah. seem to be moving to Austin and uh, and and Texas mm-hmm. out of California. I mean, it's cheap out there, you know, no income tax. Yeah. None of that stuff. I mean, it's kind of like Arizona, I bet. I mean, I think Arizona's, I love Arizona. I I love it too. Yeah. I hope you can come and do a show here. I'd love to come see you. I'm going to be in Tucson in like a week. My buddy Barry, he's in Tucson. Okay. All week long. And so I'm going down there as soon as I get back from LA and I'm going to ride like for five days straight with him if I can keep up. (laughs) Okay. You should just come up and just do like a solo acoustic show somewhere just for the hell of it. Awesome. Yeah, man. That would be great. That'd be fun. So when you like, I noticed on your Facebook, like you have some political posts do you worry uh, that that might alienate some of your fan base at all? Or yeah, sometimes, but sometimes I don't care, and I'm very sarcastic on Facebook. So, okay. Yeah, some of it's just whatever. But yeah, like, does I your do, manager I, I, get mad I, about that? Does your manager get mad about that or anything? Or they, they hasn't like, said anything yet? Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's a good thing. So yeah, speaking of po- political things, I do want to get your take on this too because you're from Texas in the South or whatever. Like. Did you hear the recent thing with Kenny Wayne Shepard where he won yep. this award for from the Blues Foundation, but then they took it away because he had uh, the Dukes of Hazard car? And he, but he, yeah, you didn't hear about this? Yeah, it was like a big thing. And then they, wow. they but I guess he had bought the Dukes of Hazard car, but then he covered the flag. But uh-huh. they, they still said, no, we're, we're taking away this award. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. People always talk about the Confederate flag and it means this. It's not racist. And I don't know that. I mean, I know it doesn't, but I mean, it's such a problem. I think people should just like, be like, just drop it, dude. You know? Right. It's, it's not that important. It's just a flag from the back in the day, you know, it was cool on a Skinner record, but now people think, you know, it's racist. So, I mean, I look at it and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I see people with the, with it on their trucks and shit where I'm from. And I'm just like, no, that was weird. I remember when I went to like North Carolina, I think it was North Carolina and I went into a store and they just had all this Confederate flag, like yeah. merchandise. And I was like, this is so weird. Cause like well, where I'm from Seattle originally, they would not have that oh, stuff yeah. anywhere. So at this point now it is like being pretty much it's causing conflict because uh-huh. you know, people think it's supports racism. People think that maybe you don't, but right. the world does. So you walking around shoving it in people's face is just antagonizing and kind of racist, I guess. Cause you're like, I know you think this means racism. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, if you know, it's going to piss people off, why not just, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not worth it. Um, yeah, I'm from Texas, but I am not that redneck. You're not that- <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, that's good. Um, so I do like to end each episode with a charity. I can't remember if I told, hopefully I told you that. Is there a charity that you work with? You want to give a shout out to uh, the freedom and music project? Oh, what's that? That's- that's a that's um when you mentioned me like when I was in juvie and stuff when I was a kid there's a yeah. there's a, a company out of New Mexico uh, Phil and Linda they run it and uh, I used to go to I even went to the juvenile that I was in and uh, I played for the kids and I talked to them and oh, gave them nice. a little, little speech about like hey get out of here and focus on what you want to do and blah 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 I mean I was doomed for prison you know I was like a, I was a bad kid you know I was smoking meth. 14 like come on that was horrible and i came out better you know what i mean it's like you can too if, and so i did that but anyways they 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 send guitars and and sheet music and shit to these kids all over all over new mexico and texas anywhere they can wow they, 
And like, they actually, they, they truly believe that music saves lives. I mean, fuck it saved mine. Yeah. That's amazing. Freedom yeah. music project. I love it. That's great. Well, I yeah. think your, your band is really talented. I think you're a rising star. Like what do you want you. for the future of moon fever? Cause I could see you guys opening for like guns and roses or something. That's what I want for the future of moon fever. <laughs> Anything like that, man. I just want to, I want to feel what it feels like to play like a, an arena. I want to feel what it feels like, you know? Yeah. To, to and the more we've been playing like honestly i've played for a long time but those buck cherry shows were the coolest shit i ever did in my life <laughs> Is those, are those the biggest shows you've done yeah man i think so i mean they, they were just so we played this show in st petersburg man and the crowd was big and they it was loud and the energy was just like wow and so it gave me that taste of like ah i want i want to you know and then that's when it was like holy shit we're we're an act we're a live rock show like we got to put we got to like blow these people's minds like how fucking cool is that (laughs) no it's great i love i can't i want to yeah i want to see you guys live i'm excited for the new song the payphone um are you going to continue to make solo stuff too or are you just focusing on moon fever now i'm going to because i write songs a lot and i have been writing tons of singer songwriter stuff okay uh, I want to get them out, but you know, right now my full focus is on is moon fever and I put those good ones aside and, uh, hopefully, you know, I'll come out. I mean, I do miss playing the blues. I do miss that stuff, but, um, yeah, right now I'm just fully focused on moon fever. So, okay, well, cool. I look forward to seeing you guys live hopefully, and I definitely look forward to new music as well. So thanks for doing this, Cody. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you to Cody. Again, the band is called Moon Fever. Check them out. Uh, Make sure to follow them on social media to keep up with what they're doing. They have a new song called Payphone that's going to be out soon. And they have shows with Adelita's Way already scheduled and hopefully more coming up. So I will drive to see this band if it's close. I think they're great. Uh, Thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, I've noticed my listens have really crept up recently, and I really appreciate the support. Besides listening, you can support the show by following me on social media liking and sharing my posts, or you can hit the thumbs up or leave a comment on YouTube. And finally, if you write me a nice review on iTunes, that will help out as well. I hope you all have a great day. And remember, shoot for the moon. Fever. <laughs>